Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two musical artists whose names sound similar, but the music is different. This week we're talking about the Moody Blues Traveler. Never reaching the end. I am Jared. Caleb. This is Tyler. And we have a special guest today. My name's John. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. You say my name like you haven't been here before. I know. It's been like six months. I looked back at the podcast. It has been a while. You're right. Yeah. There's a there's perhaps a good reason for that. Nothing like there's a, something going on. Yeah, that like... was right before the, the mass shutdown <clears throat> yeah. of the U.S. Right. What episode was that? Uh, of Montreal? Oh, that's right. It was. Yes. Yeah. We, we were supposed to go. We were supposed to go. Yep. That was Dax's choice as well. So. Well, I think it was forced upon him. An additional layer. By me. By buying tickets for him. But I think it would have been something he would have A Christmas yeah. gift we did not use. Exactly. Anyways. Well, so Moody, much for that. Moody Blues Traveler. Yes. So I'm going to start with a statement that is perhaps a big one, and it will kind of give things away pretty quickly. I think that the Moody Blues are my favorite band I've ever discovered via Good Band, Bad Band. Mm. Wow. Yes, I know. That's big. I, I agree. I, so I looked at it because like, there are obviously artists that like I've known before. There are artists that like I've listened to before. We have covered them on, like before the show. There are artists that maybe I've heard of but haven't heard a lot of before, so on and so forth. But I really didn't know anything about the Moody Blues before this week. I don't, I don't know why I would ever really look into the Moody Blues, but mm. I regret that decision now, for I enjoy them quite a bit. Because what happened was was that I wasn't really sure like what they sounded like very well. I didn't know what kind of like what kind of impact they had on music or anything. So I kind of went a little bit harder than usual, as will happen every once in a while, and I listened to the entire album Days of Future Past. That is an amazing album oh my gosh days of future past is such a good album so i don't know have you guys listened to anything from days of future past i listened to the whole thing too you did yeah yes okay good yeah it's like it's really surprising it has like this mixture of so who who was the orchestra do you remember the name of the orchestra i do not london festival orchestra yep london festival orchestra thank you so the album is kind of a mix between the London Festival Orchestra and the Moody Blues, where you have a lot of symphonic elements throughout the album, and then they'll come in and they'll provide some kind of you know regular rock. art rock yeah. type progressive prog rock, rock. Yeah. yeah prog rock art rock kind of style of music in with the symphonic elements, and it's weird because neither really get buried in the album. Like I feel like they both serve the right amount of purpose. And I also think it mixes things up in a way that I've never really heard other albums do. Where like, let's say that like you're not super into the Moody Blues. And so they kind of pop in and they do a song. You're like, okay, that was all right. And then they go away for a while. And then this like symphonic thing is going on instead. And you're like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then by the time you're getting maybe a little bored with the or orchestra, Moody Blues comes back in. You're like, okay, I'm back in. Like it keeps things interesting throughout the entirety of the album. And I was like really surprised at how much I really liked that album. And the the song uh, "Nights in White Satin," which is really their biggest song, is kind of the closer, but not exactly the closer because it's like what we often hear is the the radio mix or the single version of the song. And on the actual album, it's like what a seven and a half minute song. Yeah, it's called "The Night." Yeah. 
and then so, they pull parts of that to later do Knights of White Satin. Yeah, so the Knights of White Satin, and then late Lament Resolvement is the unlisted kind of like uh, orchestral closing to the album, and uh, it's. I was surprised. I was surprised. I liked it a lot. It was pretty good. But that that's that's how I wanted it. I, that's what I really wanted to talk about. So I was like, I'm going to get into it real quick. Moody Blues. You shooting at me now? Yeah. You know they have their own theme park? I they do. <laughs> I just thought it was a theme park ride. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was like it. a full uh, experience. Not the whole like park, but it I looked know. like the park was made for them. I don't know. It's weird. It was like with the hard rock, like park of some kind it, like. it was a ride it was a dark ride nights in white satin the trip in uh, merle beach south carolina is that then they sh- they shift that uh theme park though like they were doing the hard rock theme park and then they were like maybe this hard rock theme park isn't working out so well we're probably gonna have to do something else yeah there's only so many people who are both hard rock fans and also let's go ride roller coasters yeah should be more Indeed. should definitely be more so iron maiden red r- roller coaster Mm. I would ride that. Yeah, Iron Maid of the Mist. So Moody it just disappears. So Moody Blues kind of came up at the same time as like the Beatles, and yeah. so I think that that is maybe part of the reason why they got buried in terms of people not really paying attention to them. Like it was a case that like because I think that um, that album that I was talking about, I think it came out in '67. So like really, it was like right at the height of like Beatlemania. It was right after Sgt. Pepper right after um, Magical Mystery Tour. And so, like, to have an album, even if it was, like, an okay album, nobody's going to notice because everything that was going on outside of that would have completely shut that down, especially because they came out of England. So, And it was obviously very different from what people would have been listening to at that time had they been kind of engulfed in the the realm of Beatles. Even though they they do have some Baroque pop elements on that album. Like, they bring some of that kind of popular England sound in, but it is definitely different. It is definitely different. Tyler, you're awfully quiet over there. I what did you think he about hates the movie? He It's all right. Yeah. I, don't, I think I need to spend more time with it. I didn't think, I mean, I didn't get in as deep as y'all did because it's uh, just a band that I've heard around, the name around really more than anything else, and I haven't listened much before, and it was okay. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting that they're like Prague before... Uh, like Floyd did anything. I mean, it's pre Piper in a sense, and they're still doing some of like the interesting, weird stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. But I don't know. It didn't do a lot for me this week, but I didn't listen to the entirety of the album. And I, and the thing about prog albums is like, it exists as a whole. We all know that. So if you get, even you take songs out of context and in different order, sometimes it just doesn't always work in the same way. So I think nights in the white satin is really the only thing that came out of that album that people were like, Oh, cool. Outside of the context of, yeah. This whole con- conceptual prog album, right? They're one of the few bands where, like, the flautist is one of the main members. <laughs> there you go. Uh, excuse me, Aqualung, man. Come on, Jethro yeah. Tull. Yeah, well, where you been? I, it was funny because I if, said few, not only. Oh, okay. If you look at like how the progression of the band went, there was a point in time because they started going a little bit more synth mm-hmm. by like the '80s period, which like you know everybody. But they got to a point where like flute wasn't as important, so the flutist kind of like had to be like. I guess I'm here. Like, there's not really anything for you to do anymore. All you do is the flute. Like, well, I guess we forgot to write the flute into this song again. What are we going to do with him? Just let him do some trills over top of everything else. They're one of the few uh, groups that have had a hit single in three different decades, too. I think they were uh, the first. 
Really the first? I think so. Uh, in 60s, 70s, and then later, in 1986, they had another hit, which is crazy, with the song Your Wildest Dreams, which is a pretty good song. It won uh, an award for the MTV VMAs, which is funny. Like, a old, like I watched the music video, and they are so old. It's crazy how old they are. <laughs> but by 86? And being on MTV. Yeah. Which is know. crazy, too, because like, they're still technically like active and i'm pretty sure they have one of their like like original members still in the group i believe it was maybe graham Gr- edge. it's graham edge no justin hayward justin hayward i'm pretty well, sure i'm seeing that graham edge is still there two of them well, i think both of them are maybe there's more than i see john lodge is still there too well maybe there's more than i thought because i know that P- uh, pender or pinder however you pronounce his name he was one of the original members but he left pretty early and i think that danny lane no, Ray Thomas. Ray Thomas was around for that uh, that bigger. Yeah, um, he had album a re- in '67. He the flautist. Uh, he retired, yes. and then they brought him back. I think for the uh, Christmas album that they did. Of course, <laughs> nice. it's not a good band, bad band without somebody having a Christmas album. How could we? How could we? It would be it would be uh, unfortunate to have an entire episode without at least one Christmas album. And it was their sure. final studio release up to this point in 2003, I believe, which yeah. is a long time ago to have your last. Yeah. But still being active, too. That's weird. Right. You're kind of discrediting Ray Thomas here a little bit. Oh, am I? He's not just... He's a multi-instrumentalist. Okay. He also did percussion, vocals, and harmonica. Oh. Which is going to tie in quite nicely. It will. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it is going to tie in nicely. Did you see that they... So you mentioned the theme park. Did you see they have a cruise? No. A Moody, Moody Cruise? The Moody Cruise. The Moody I don't, Moody I don't think that's exactly what the name of it was, but I, I know that they did indeed have a cruise, which I think is maybe one of the primary reasons why they continue to, um, I guess, tour. I mean, that's still a tour, I guess. Um, it's a tour on a boat. There's also Moody Bluegrass. Yeah, I saw that. I wanted to bring that up. That's quite yeah. interesting. Is that a cover album? It is. It is it's the a, Moody, Moody even, Blues Cruise. That is what is it's it? called. Moody nice. Blues Cruise. It's There's, not just a cover album. It's an entire. It's a Nashville-based project. Of They've made multiple cover albums, no too. Yeah, Alison Krauss is in it, which is kind of interesting. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I put I put one of the songs in. It was the John Cowan Nights in White Satin, just in case we wanted to talk about it. So I did listen to that, and it did not sound like bluegrass like at all to me. Like I guess it's kind of hard to make that song bluegrass. Yeah. But like, there was just... A very minor mandolin in the background, and I'm like, right. okay, so it's bluegrass. Like, hey, it must it bluegrass. be. Yeah, there's actually a movie called Nights in the White Satin that has songs from the Moody Blues, but I don't think that the movie like has anything to do. It's on uh, Tubi. I thought about watching it, no, my but Tubi. I didn't even it's know a new a like uh, streaming thing because it just featured the songs. Didn't really have anything to do with it as a film. I didn't, you know, I didn't watch it. That makes sense. It was part of the research I did. Yeah. I I did find it surprising, too, because as I was researching, I realized that they actually... Like, they're not a one-hit wonder at all. They no, have, I, like, said, I said they have multiple hits and plenty, multiple decades. Like, plenty They're of in the hits. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They got in in 2018. Yeah, but, like, it doesn't really... Like, like when I first looked at them, I was like, oh, they only have, like, really one important song. But, like, no, no, no. not even a little bit. Like, they've got... I don't think I knew any of the songs. Even Nights in the White Satin, which I'd heard the name, I did not know that song. And uh, I, like listening to the five songs we listened to, plus whatever else I did additionally, yeah, I did not know any of those songs. That's really surprising. Because like, I know you know a lot of music. So like to say you'd never heard that. I had heard like the Seesaw song, Nights in the White Satin, Tuesday <laughs> Afternoon. I read my Seesaw. Like those, I recognize Come on. Those. 
I don't believe I've heard any of them either prior to the mm. Yeah. I think that I've probably heard Nights in the White Satin like kind of in passing, but I never would have like it's not a song I ever would have been like, Oh yeah, the Moody Blues. Like I would have right. just like, Yeah, that's a song, yeah. I guess. It's been in a number of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure I'm seeing it like in something like that. But yeah, like I was surprised because like they have a long storied career. They have they're still active today. Hmm. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And like how do you not have any kind of concept of who that group is when they're like that important like you have to like you can't say oh they're not that important if you're in the rock and roll hall of fame you're kind of important like oh, yeah. yeah yes there's not like a whole lot of i mean i know i've, I've seen important. their albums at you know goodwill or something like that don't we have a couple actually yeah we have a few of their albums that we bought from john actually just a few months ago nice. <laughs> yeah thank See you that you've been listening to him yes of yeah. course it was As i was waiting for this episode he knew we were gonna pick it uh he actually Blood. john sent me a, a wonderful cover this week of Nights in the White Satin. Are you going to introduce it? What am I supposed to do? Yeah, who, who's who, a it? Yeah, who it's, made it? Yeah. It's by a punk band called The Dickies. So the Dickies are a punk band from L.A. Uh, they were formed in 1977, and they uh, are one of my favorites because they did the theme song to Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and I love that movie, and I love that song. They did actually an entire EP called Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but the song was on the, the soundtrack. And, you, he, uh, it's great. Jared played it for me in this kind of like, can you guess it way? I was like, why would <laughs> why would I know like by just the voice and no name? Oh yeah, that must be the guy who made the music for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'm disappointed you did not. I really like the cover. Fine. They totally reworked that song completely, and it just flows awesome. Like it's really good. It, it is a very different song. A lot lot different than the bluegrass cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely has a little bit more of a, a change going on in the song for sure. So, uh, in doing my Moody Blues research, mm-hmm. I watched the music video for Your Wildest Dreams. And in the music video comment section, there were rev- uh, different references to something I had never heard. So, I started doing a little bit of research. There is an anime called uh, JoJo's Bazaar. And Wait, JoJo's Bar- Bizarre Castle? Probably. Is that, is that what it's, JoJo's Bizarre Castle? Adventure. Oh, Adventure. Thank you. I've watched that show before. I didn't even realize this was a clip from that show. I don't even know what... It, it's hard to find because it, it's just called JoJo's... JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is what it's called, I guess. Yes. But it might... It, the castle thing might be a... Uh, no, it, it's Adventure. Different. I just couldn't remember. I just, they, the first, oh, you know what I'm talking the about? The first episodes w- took place in a castle. That's uh, why I couldn't remember if that was maybe what it was so called. So there's a character on this show called Moody Blues, and it... That that is the reference that the people were making in the comment section, and I have no idea if this Japanese anime knows about the band or literally just like. Well, I thought that his name was like in Japan, or I believe it's uh, directly named Moody Jazz, if I remember correctly, and that yeah. the translation is Moody Blues. Um. Like in their language, it's Moody Blues, but for us, it's Moody Moody. This says namesake Jazz. Moody Blues. Like on this Wikipedia page, so Does it, it looks like they named it after the band, okay, which is interesting. But it's the 
I don't know anything about this anime, so I don't know. But like the whatever the person is that owns it or whatever, like uses it, they call it a user. Uh, is a Leon Abaccio, and that's who uses the Moody Blues character. But it was very bizarre. Did you want to play him just saying? I don't know. It's it's. It, I mean, it literally is just him saying the name. It's, yeah, it's just him saying the name. Let's but play, it was no, just very briefly. Let's okay. do it. Yeah, it's there. Just for fun. The character is some kind of like uh, electronic thing. That's what the the like the voice it has, but it's like a kind of piccolo looking kind of creature. It is, yeah. So it's not the piccolo. Huh? Mm-hmm. The 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 guy from Dragon Ball Z, not the Correct. the instrument that the Moody Blues would play. Thanks for, thank, <laughs> right. you, thank you for yes, thank you for. He's, he's actually a pretty perfect mixture of the yeah. two. You know, yeah, it works for just very right. anime, but also very musical. Yes, indeed. I couldn't find any like good covers other than like the cover that he sent me. But I try to find like there's various people that have done Knights in White Sand. That's their biggest thing. And, like, other people did it. Like, there's a disco version. There's a guy that covered the song and called... Basically, his whole album is The Knights in White Satin. Uh, like, a, it's like a concept album about that song, I guess. Hmm. But there's several uh, not-so-notable covers that I found. But none of them were, like, interesting enough to talk about. But, yeah. like, that's kind of... It's kind of interesting, a band that is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that is some kind of, um, you know, you like, influencer. Oh, But for who sure. have they influenced if you cannot find anything that anybody has done of their stuff, you right. know? Well, it is really weird because, like I said, like, it's not as though people go around talking about them that often. But again, like, they, you know, they influenced, you know, psychedelic rock, prog rock, art rock. Like, like they, you know, they did a lot in, in terms of what they were kind of, doing with their music and you would have thought i guess that people would be a little bit more familiar with them but i don't know yeah i hear a lot about them do you what do you hear about them i just hear the name online oh, from I, where? I don't know i just feel like i've heard moody blues a lot and uh, yet i didn't know anything about it. i thought it was i thought it was some legitimate blues or something oh uh, yeah <laughs> and how i didn't know what it was and i still don't really know what it is let's be real but uh it's not what i thought so yeah, that's I was quite confused. I mean, I don't feel like you get a Moody Blues cruise without maybe having a, quite a bit of money, you know. Like yeah, you must some piece some old people somewhere must know about you. They're probably bigger than the UK. They all want to get on I a guess. boat. I think they are bigger. They than are. The they must. I would say they're bigger than the UK. I mean, that'd I think be so. pretty. I wonder if they had named themselves something different. How different their tra- trajectory would be as a band. Like they could have had way much more success. Right. Well, they started. They started in blues. Is the thing. Like yeah. I, from my understanding, that was kind of where their music kind of began before they um, kind of switched. Obviously, gears pretty heavily. Right. But the whole reason that they named themselves that is because you know music is moody and it makes you feel things. So they're like, we're playing blues. Music makes you feel moods. Booty blues. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like they didn't put a lot of thought into the name. Yeah. So maybe that 
caused some problems. Right. Kind of it's a very part. forgetful. That, you know what I mean? Like nothing stands out about it at all. No, I don't like the name. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. I don't like it at all. It makes me not want to listen to you. Yeah, take that, Moody Blues. Let's play some harmonica. Are you saying you want to move on? I think we might as well. <laughs> I didn't realize Tyler that. said his piece. I didn't realize that there was uh, there was only harmonica in this next group here. I mean, it's a majority of what we have in beautiful vocals. Yeah, that's fair. Let's do it then. This is a band. You suck. Oh my You're God. the worst. These moody. This is a blues traveler. I'll start off with an anecdotal story. How, how's Thank that? Thank you. Sounds good. Finally. When I was a young boy, my father had one of those CD stands that does this little curvy thing, a little mm-hmm. swir- little swervy boy. Mm-hmm. And I used to sit in front of it and look, read all the spines of the CD cases and look through, you know, and attempt to allow him to let me to listen to some of them. <laughs> And at one point, I came across Moody Blues, or Moody Blues, Blues Blues Traveler. Traveler. I came across Blues Traveler 4, and I looked at it, and I had never listened to it, but I saw it, and I go, what is this? But I assumed it was blues, Uh because my father likes blues, and has that cat on it. I'm like, a cat's kind of a blues animal, Uh right? So it all kind of makes sense. Uh, And then eventually, when I listened to it, I go... My dad definitely just thought this was a blues record, and then he bought it, <laughs> and now he has it, and he literally has never touched it since he bought it, because he put it on, he's like, no, it's just in the CD King, and it's that's it, that's that, there's no way. So that's my anecdotal story, you're welcome, I'll shut up for the rest of the whole time. Now. <laughs> the rest of the whole time now. That makes sense. Jared, I think you were pretty excited about Blues Traveler this week. I like them. I lo- too. I think their five songs that we listen to are like really important for like alt-rock of the 90s. Yeah. Um... And they really didn't have. They have. There are two hits. They have two hits: "Hook" and "Run Around." Yeah. And then "Mountain Winds Again" is a as a good song. Uh, and but anyway, is their first single that they ever made, and that's like known somewhat as well. Sure. But I think that like their live performance, which they're kind of a jam band. Yes. And John Popper's harmonica playing mm-hmm. are you know kind of. And him being a larger fellow is like, those are all kind of notable things about them. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows yeah. Run Around, you know, like. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You were just like looking at me. Um, I thought you had something to say. Well, you talked about But Anyway, and if you guys have seen the movie Kingpin. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. Their band plays at the end of the movie, and they mm-hmm. play But Anyway. And that's actually the music video is it's for Kingpin. Huh. Nice. So that, that they, they, you know, makes me love them even more. Didn't they perform in multiple different movies? Because I'm pretty sure that they were in um, the the uh, uh, Blues Brothers. Is that yeah, what but no, I don't think it was, I think Brothers, it was the 2000. Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah, That's why I, I was always trying to remember if it was the original or if it was the 2000. I think it was the 2000. So yeah, they, they weren't around for the original. No. So they were alive, just not yeah, there. not as a band. Yeah. They were they were dead as a band. Maybe a bunch oh. of babies. With Let's them. talk about how they're just a bunch of nerds. They are a bunch of nerds. It's kind of wild. I feel like you could also, right after their concert, go up to them and you could play some D&D. I like John Popper's style. He wears these big colorful shirts. Then he wears this giant... I just said earlier that he's like the Stevie Ray Vaughan of harmonica and I stand behind it. He's got this this big harmonica vest deal with all of these uh, metal medallions on it looking like he's some kind of a mid a little western harmonica troubadour out there. And he wears the belt for it over top of his shirt and he just rocks it out with that hat on. 
And I want to meet that man. That man's my friend. Why haven't you? I don't know. Well, I haven't written him yet. Once I write my cousin Eddie Vedder, I'll write him. Ooh. Please do. My baby's in love with Eddie Vedder. Really weirdo. <laughs> He's also, John Popper is an avid weapons collector. Oh, my. Did you read that? <laughs> no. He owns a cannon. A cannon? He owns a cannon? A $10,000 working American Civil War cannon. For what? I don't know. He says working? It works. It, it's How does he know? Firearms. Does he, does he take it, it out oh, the has, back it's and cannon off? It's he has bad. a property that he has like uh, shooting ranges. Yeah, I don't but, know for the cannon. Right, I was going to say, nobody has a shooting range prepared for a he cannon. Moved, he moved from New Jersey because they had... Um, Did they ask him to stop shooting his cannon into things? They may have. They had tighter uh, restrictions on guns. And so he oh moved, my God. He moved from New Jersey. Pretty great. Just so that he could collect more guns. Just so he can collect more guns. That's my kind of guy, right? He has there. a holster for his gun and for his harmonica. <laughs> oh my! Oh my goodness! What if you accidentally? <laughs> He's he has he could performed keep... with a gun. Oh God! He performed he in his mouth. No. Oh, that's not good. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. This that, harmonica looks awful. What like if a... Kurt Cobain did that? No. I'm sorry. Oh, oh Jared. What a, listen, that would be quite a sizable harmonica. That was a long Come on, guys. That's a Stop long, it. This is a weird harmonica. It's really long and has one, gonna, one was, hole. I was going to ask you to do a fun joke about harmonicas, <laughs> and then you went on this train. I'm transitioning. Jared, yes. talk about the Bob Dylan harmonica while we're on harmonicas. So, this is like my favorite thing I've heard all last week. Last night, I believe it was last night, yeah. uh, my friend texted me and told me that there's a $25,000 harmonica set uh, made by Bob Dylan that's signed. And uh, the guy, I, the first thing I noticed when he sent me this link, <laughs> there's a one-star review, and I said, I cannot buy this. It's only got one star. <laughs> and he said, it's because the guy played it, and the signature wore off. Oh, no. And I said, why would you pay, like, play a $25,000 harmonica? I love the idea that the first, like, you spent $25,000, this harmonica comes in, and the first thing you say is, I'm going to put that thing in my mouth. I'm going like, to put it right in my you, mouth. What are you doing? I licked my lips Awful. extra long before I put it to my face. <laughs> I want to make sure I can taste Bob Dylan's I want to taste it. He touched the marker that touched this, and I will touch him through that <laughs> with my mouth. <laughs> it was such a fun story, and I loved it. But it says we're, since we're talking about harmonicas today, had to be done. Had to be done. Jared, do you want to talk about the song Hook? I know you watched this video about Hook probably like four times this week. No, so I only watched it once. I watched part of it twice, but I only watched it all the way through one time. Okay. Uh, so there's a guy on YouTube that uh, makes different videos about songs and genres and, and things. Alpha Media. Sure. And uh, he was talking about the song Hook, how it is like this uh, meta rock song about the idea, the whole song is him talking about, he, he's not saying anything at all in the song, and the hook is what makes you come back to listen to it. So the hook of the song is basically, literally the hook to get you to listen. And within the song, uh, he talks, if we want to get too, too deep into this, he talks about, uh, he brings up something to the effect of uh, a pan and a hook and, and things. Peter Pan. So he's talking about Peter Pan, and he's saying that what brought Peter Pan back to Neverland, where he never would grow up, is 
the hook. The hook. Oh. Captain Hook would continue to bring him back. So it's so like that's the meta part of it, I guess. Is like well, it's also it has so many different like, meanings. The hook of a song, and also using the other word of hook. It's also that they they used the two big pop staples yes. to create a song about nothing. Mm-hmm. And then it's their most, one of their most popular songs. So it's yeah. the Seinfeld of nineties. Yeah. Album. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The, his I love Traveler this song. Yeah. <laughs> What's the blues traveler song about? It's about nothing. It's a song about nothing, but he's like, they're CBS literally making it. fun of pop radio yeah. Yeah. in the song. And it became a hit song. Not as big as Runaround. Runaround was even bigger than that. But it's on the same record, so it's like they had the same idea during that time. Um, I'm trying to think of other songs that like are hit songs that are making fun of hit music. I don't know the entirety of Weird Al's discography. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's I want to point out a lyric really quick based on what Jared's saying. So he says in the song, it doesn't matter what I say as long as I sing with inflection. And I'm yeah. sure the majority of people listening to that song are not picking up on those lyrics because no, of the inflection that he uses. Yeah. 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 Nobody knows, like, nobody's listening or realizing that he's, like, Making calling them. them out while listening to pop yeah. radio in yeah. the 90s. You're not listening to what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what I'm saying. And they're like, you're right. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. he's got, I mean, like, uh, man's got an on. club music and, and you know, well, like yeah, that kind of not, That's exactly that. what we're talking, you know. The but, man has an on fire harp solo yes indeed and you can't it, that's what brings me back yeah he puts his mouth the over the holes and he blows oh, no. a bunch so much blowing through that thing <laughs> i don't even know how he does it and then he has breath to sing i know like right after man's he got gi- he's got yeah. giant lungs and potentially a giant heart uh, actually, actually, he doesn't have a very good heart. No, in 1999, he, he had a very sizable he had heart a, He had to have a heart surgery. For I like how the way blockage. Wikipedia says it is. In 1999, he had a, a massive heart attack due to years of overeating. Thanks, dudes, <laughs> yeah. for calling him right out on shoving his face all the time. Not cool, Wikipedia. Way to out He also people. had a, uh, a motorcycle accident. He did, prior during the recording of three of their third album, right? I believe so. Interestingly yeah. enough, uh, they had an EP in 91. Uh, it's called On Tour Forever, and it had Carlos Santana on it. I saw that. It's literally the year after they like their first album came out or whatever, and you have the biggest guitar person in rock music on your EP. Right. That's weird. I also I was surprised that their um, their next album. I mean, kind of kind of surprised, but also not because I guess again I get surprised because I always forget that like in the early times, like if you had a big hit single, that meant that people would want to go, you know buy your records and they remembered who you were so like their next album that came off after four was straight on till morning and that went platinum there's not really any hit songs off of it like it didn't perform as well but it's still a platinum selling record so it's like even though they didn't really have anything that came off of that record it sold really well off of the back of their last record and that doesn't really happen today Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form like by the time your next album comes out they're like Oh, yeah, I guess you do exist, don't you? Yeah, nobody remembers or keeps up with anybody anymore because no. we have such a short like attention span. Nobody like listens to the same album over and over again in their car anymore either. No. So it's not like you're like looking at the spine of that CD right. and you're like, <laughs> Blues Traveler, oh, I can't wait. You know, like it's going to take a few years for their next album, yep. but you're not going to remember them by then. Right. So, also, there's two things. Well, actually, three things because we talked about the harmonica. There are two things that these uh, groups have in common. Okay. Moody Blues. And Blues Travelers. One of them, I don't know if we've ever talked about before, but if we haven't, I'd be very surprised. One of them is that they both almost had concept albums. 
Okay. Because one of them did, but Blues Travelers were or Blues Traveler was going to have a concept album. Theirs was going to be about Aesop's Fable. Um, well, one of them. And um, what happened was, so there was the heart attack, and that kind of put things off a little bit. And then they had a band member pass away. The bassist. Yeah, the bassist. Yeah. 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 And Obviously, that put yeah. things off a little bit. So they were just like, let's just throw it away. Let's just not do this concept album anymore. So it, it would be interesting to see what would have happened had the blues had blues traveler done a concept album because obviously like that would have been very different from i don't think anybody would care probably not no. but at the same time like if they're big nerds and they're good at putting these kind of interesting concepts into songs like they do with hook it could have been yeah. a really interesting album he told us no one's listening to him jared what does he care what he sings that's true <laughs> exactly <laughs> they started their own uh festival as well for jam bands that had like fish and I can't remember the other group that was there. I can't like another jam bandy. There was name. another big Mo. One there. I think Mo was probably. And they they also worked at various points with uh, somebody that was in Dave Matthews Band, which is another oh, jam yeah, that band. Makes sense. Well, I know that he did harmonica for them a couple times, oh, I yeah. believe. So, Maybe. but the other thing, okay, yes, you're getting a little ahead of me. The other thing they have in common, I again, I don't know if we talked about this, but they both had their music destroyed in the 2008 Universal Fire. Oh yeah, there's every time oh. you look at somebody's Wikipedia page, everybody did. Everybody's music was destroyed in a fire. Wonderful. Isn't it crazy, like to think about like how big of an impact that fire had on like the music industry? But like, it's not like a thing that we really talk about a whole lot. But you'd think that that'd be like kind of a big deal. Almost. Maybe because we like digitized everything, yeah. and then like yeah, uh, well, Spotify is gonna go away, and we'll be like, hey, where'd all that music go? It can never be. It's gonna be like our MySpace pictures. They it, all disappeared. Oh boy, yep. it can never be reissued, reissued from the original master tapes. No, nope. at this point, that's true. So they also uh, every year since 1994, except for this year and one more year. I can't remember what year it was. They I perf- believe it was this year and like 91, I think. No, no since it was like 94. Is it 94 oh. is when they started. No, oh, it was 99. 99. 99. Yeah, yeah. They p- play a show at Red Rocks on the on the Fourth of July every year. What wow. more, what more American band in the middle of nowhere than Blues Traveler? <laughs> they bring out their cannon for the show. Oh, they he brings a shoot cannon, a big he shoots it off into the, the sky. They uh, he they, doubles up on harmonicas. They say, they ripped off somebody's cannon. And ah, has a ah, it's a reference to Canon. The thing from Hook. Yeah. I heard at these shows he gets wild and he plays one harp with his mouth and one with each nostril. Is that true? Yeah. Are you making that up? <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Find that video. I bet you could do it. He's a big you, fella. Are you making that up, though? It sounds realistic, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> you jerk. I was going to go look for it. I literally just asked if you made it up. I bet you... No. you could, I guarantee if you YouTubed John Popper... Nostril harmonica, you could find something. But you will find something. All right, let's see what happens. Why not? So they've done a a few covers. Uh, John sent me a cover they did early in their career of The Devil Went Down to Georgia, which is pretty interesting. They covered Freebird for a a Leonard Skinner tribute uh, album under the influence of jam band tribute to Leonard Skinner. And oh Popper plays those guitar solos on the harmonica. Really? That's pretty yeah. crazy. That's sweet. If you'd like to, we can watch a three-minute video where John Popper breaks down his 14 harmonicas. Oh, breaks I counted them, them by the way. I was watching videos this week, and I was just like, I'm going to count how many harmonicas. Like, he has 14 harmonicas. Well, he's got to have crazy. one for each key that he has a song in. Yeah. Oh. I didn't you, think about that. Yeah, he's yeah. got to have one for each key. That's why he wears it. They also. So he just got his fourteen I harmonicas see, on it. Here's my challenge to Blues Traveler: write another hook 
but it's in every key he has a harmonica for. And he has to, and I want it, it can only be performed live, and he has to live rip out the run for the right key mid song <laughs> and be like, and switch all in and out. I want to see it. I would love to watch that. Exactly. That'd be Do an it. Amazing, amazing experience. We've got to see them live. That'd be fun. So, we'll have to go to the Fourth of July show sometime. Oh, that would be great! We'll take a road trip. <laughs> when we to can, Jersey. we can, we can. Why did we try to see again. of Montreal when we could have went and seen Blues Travel at Red Rocks? And Stupid we also jet. saw Kansas. I do. We did see Kansas on the Fourth of July. <laughs> we did no see less. Kansas. Uh, Carry on for their 2011 album, 25, which is 25 years of Blues Traveler at that time, which is interesting. They covered uh, Sublime, "What I Got." Oh. Which is was a pretty in- interesting cover. I didn't love it. I listened to it, and just I don't know, didn't quite yeah. work. Yeah. I do have a song I wanted to play. Okay, go ahead. Sounds like John listened to this, and there is a very important reason why I'd like to listen to this song. This song is called "Free Willis" off their album "North Hollywood." Hold on, "North Hollywood Shootout." You got a When's Kid Rock come in? Was that Beck? No. <laughs> it was a mixture, wasn't it? No. But it is not, I mean, it's obviously not Popper. It doesn't sound like him, does it? No. I'll give you one guess each. Oh, God. Let me remind you, the song is called Free Willis. That's Bruce Willis. It is Bruce Willis. You wow. got it. Bruce Willis is performing. Just He's got albums. Like this weird, like, He's all over the place, albums. like, vocal thing over a Blues Traveler song. He's actually so, an accomplished harmonica player. Is no he? Way. Yes. Bruce Willis? He is. Oh, really? He definitely is. He's a Steve Martin I, of harmonica. He he was at a... Uh, I saw a stand-up. That's pretty good. And I'm trying to remember the comedian that did the stand-up show, but I can't... It's not coming to me. It was on Netflix, and Bruce Willis was in the audience, and the comedian brought him up, and he just jammed on the harmonica. Oh, that's oh, impressive. I'm down. I'm sure so, Popper and Willis have yeah. jammed out on harmonica before. You know. Think it. about that world. I want to see him... <laughs> I have so many ideas now in this episode... Bruce Willis, John Popper, <laughs> harmonica juggle. Harmonica. <laughs> they got to pass juggle? them back and forth and play them. Swap oh, for spit. the same fourteen key. Songs. For the same fourteen key songs. Okay, they so got It's a duet. I want the eat. I want one to be playing one key, one to play the other. They've got to switch back and forth by juggling these harmonicas throughout the song. I'd watch that too. Blues right. Traveler also performed for Howard Stern's birthday back in the nineties yeah. as well. Yeah, It's his favorite. And who also, knew he was a, such a fan? I know. I think David Letterman likes him too. I thought wasn't uh, I think so wasn't Blues Traveler like David Letterman he said it was like this is my favorite band I think that's he, what it he's was. like the band that's played for Letterman more than anybody else no really. Warren Zevon no I think I think it's Warren Zevon didn't play more than anybody yeah else. he was on there all the time he loves Warren wow. Zevon I read that Popper started a firm called the Trucking Company okay that would later become the Spin Doctors oh yeah because they uh that he performed with them they tore a their lot album. together yeah it showed that he was like background nice. vocalist harmonica and inspiration on the caleb's in, in got the book. info the band has since made more appearances on the late show than any musical artist musical guest blues traveler yeah i like the spin doctors they're good too good stuff kind of a two-hit wonder i guess well you know who else is yeah. blues traveler oh mm. 
Yeah. They literally not, are. Not as much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've just stuck around longer. I can't name the, another Spin Doctor song. I don't know if anybody can, but I can no, name really. two princess? Two princess. Five or six. Uh, Little princess. Miss. Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. That was pretty popular. Yeah. Tying both. See, we did name two. Tying yeah. the two things you just said together real quickly. Did you know that uh, Blues Traveler actually replaced Prince on Saturday Night Live? Uh, I did see that. Yeah, that's oh pretty interesting. He said princess. He did the musical guest thing. Boom. Huh. Prince. Saturday Night Live. Bam. Did it. Good job. Circles. Good job. Thank you. What's that thing they did where they played in that van? What? They played in that van. They played some guy's van. What do you mean they played hmm, that I didn't guy's read that. van? What are you talking about? Did you guys read how they got their name? No, go ahead. Tell us. They were originally called something like the Blues Band. Mm-hmm. Just the Blue. Like something really basic. And they added Traveler from Ghostbusters. Character named Gozer the Traveler. They mm-hmm. are now the Blues Traveler from Ghostbusters. Interesting. Yeah. Are we going to call John Popper? Jam in the van. You familiar with that? Jam in the van. No. It's no. a. There's someone somewhere. I don't remember. It. What it reminds me of is when they come in. That was people come in and play those covers. Remember what I'm talking about? People come in. You got to take a cover off the list. Oh yeah. Someone's yeah, yeah. got the van. They have this van, like an old van, and they get bands out and they do a concert in this in the van inside of it physically. And Blues Traveler did one where they did all their hits. They've got. Uh, they've done quite a few different people. Uh, wow, they've done lots, even lots of like little people in here. I can't remember where I first saw it. Maybe Blues Travelers where I saw it. Maybe they played something quite interesting in there. I'm. A, I'll have to look and find their specific one. Another reason I know the song Hook is uh, on Jimmy Fallon's lip sync battle. Emma Stone did that for uh, her lip sync. Did she kill it? Yeah, she did very well. She also did All I Do Is Win by DJ Khaled, uh-huh. who's, which she did. How really many? How many? Alumni, we're gonna drop on here today. I know, I know. Got quite a few. Well, actually, I can name another one because on the Blues Traveler album, uh, where'd it go? Below Up the Moon, they have several guest appearances by people. Three hundred three is on the opening track, which is weird. Uh, The Dirty Heads and Rome from uh, Sublime with Rome Mm -hmm. are on it, and. Top of the World featuring Hanson, Nikki's Prom featuring Plain White Tees, and Hearts Are Still Awake featuring Jewel. So there's literally three alumni on one album. <laughs> nice. Why is it taking you guys this long to cover the Blues Traveler? I don't know. It just took you to suggest it, I guess. <laughs> right. We, that's why we need you here, John. Did you see that John Popper performed at a Bernie Sanders rally? Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. I that is surprising because he's a libertarian. Exactly. That's why I was really confused when I saw he it. He also leans like, more towards Republican, he said. Yeah. If he had to. The only yeah. time he ever voted for a Democrat was for Obama. He probably would have voted for And he supported uh, Bernie. He supported he W. Yeah. He would have voted for Bernie for sure. Who knows? He probably like voted, he probably he voted like Biden, really. If he Obviously, he's not dictated by party lines. That's right. He goes with his heart. His big... Bad heart. Non-functioning heart. <laughs> so did you know Blues Traveler played on Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> they, they also... Really he also... Wait, they played or like they played one of their videos on it? So they're on... I don't, I don't know. I just kill. really found it. I just found it. I don't know the details. He also had a battle with Fiona Apple on Celebrity Deathmatch. No. And I could what? not find a clip. Hopper? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. No. I couldn't find a clip on YouTube. Why? I would love to watch that episode. Why those two people? I don't know. They We don't know. The, like they're, They always explain the battle mm-hmm. w- before the fight 
on the show. Later on in the series, they kind of ran out of like good ideas. It's almost like a uh, podcast that I've been a part of, where we kind of run out of good ideas <laughs> as episodes what go you, on. What are you talking about? <laughs> We're Caleb currently covering Moody Blues Traveler. It is my face. They are on Beavis and Butthead, by the way. So what ha, what was the uh, context of it? Is We're going to find out when we watch it. <laughs> okay. I think this is Blues Traveler. <sighs> no, it's not. Where's that big fat dude? I think that's him, Beavis. I think he just, like, lost a lot of weight. Damn it, that pisses me off. Everybody keeps getting skinny. Yeah. He looked better when he was a big fat slob bouncing around on the stage going... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like his stomach was hanging over his pants going... Oh my God. Uh, let's, let's not forget what Beavis and Butthead did for music. <laughs> we need a new Beavis and Butthead, honestly. I know. Like, it was supposed I, to come back, I thought. I saw it not long ago. Mike Judge is like awesome. Amazing. Yeah, he's, he's got Beavis and Butthead. He created King of the Hill. Yep. He created Silicon Valley. Yep. He Office created, Space. Yes, Office Space. Um, Idiocracy, Idiocracy yep. which is great. And Extract. Have you ever seen that movie? I've that never a good seen movie, it. Yeah. yeah. Jason Bateman. Yep. It's I pretty love good. Jason Bateman. He's Mike Judge, is, he's where it's at. He's funny, too. He's from Albuquerque. I feel like Mike Judge uh, you would find on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Um, I hope not. He did. He was on He's Marin. a conservative. He was on Marin. He was on oh, WTF because they're both from Albuquerque. It was a great episode. Oh, that's a good Marin. listen. Me, too. Time to vote? Yeah. We should just do it. Oh, we're not, we're not even going to transition. Anyway. Anyway. But, but anyway. anyway. <laughs> I'm, voting, I'm voting for Blues Traveler. I don't care. I'm also voting for Blues Traveler. I don't care. I'm, I I think it was... I'm voting for Moody Blues, but I knew I was not going to... Yeah. I knew it wasn't going to happen. I thought long and hard about it, because I did listen to that whole album, uh, Days of Future Past, and I enjoyed everything of Moody Blues, and I know that they have a lot of influence and a lot of importance, but I just like Blues Traveler better. So yeah. I vote for Blues Traveler. Blues Traveler. It's, like hard to John... vote, it's hard to vote for somebody where you didn't even know any of their songs. It's true. Yeah. I literally, I knew Hook, I knew Run Around, I knew Mountains Again. Like, Plus they're more interesting. I get it. You spend more time on them. Music. I would love to see a Blues Traveler live. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I'd see them for free somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but only if Fiona Apple comes. No, she's not welcome. She's... No. Beefs and Butthead are though. Yes. Okay, there you go. I, that is interesting. They were on two cartoons from the '90s on MTV. On MTV, that's back when true. MTV made shows that weren't back when in the interim when they're like we shouldn't do music all the time, so they did shows, but the shows didn't suck. Still a decent time in MTV, really. We miss you, MTV. Not me. The only thing you do now that we care about is catfish. <laughs> yeah, and I can watch that literally anywhere I want to now, so I don't have to. I just live it myself. But... Yeah, no doubt. Not good band, me. good band, bad band on Patreon. Blues Traveler wins. Okay. I want to say a real quick thing about Patreon. As you all know, I am patrons. And I thought you were going to yell at John me. Is multi- no, no, John, is mul- John is multiple patrons. <laughs> <laughs> He's all three of our patrons. Whoa, don't say the number. They can look it up on the internet. Oh, it's visible? Yes. Oh, that's not cool. <laughs> you must try to hide it for all, all of our time. All of our patrons other than John and not my uncle then, i.e. one person, continues <laughs> no. to look and, and go, man, they're not getting any cooler, are they? Because they're still just like, oh, we're still the only three people on here. But anyway, but anyway. I got the email to vote in this week's poll. And every week I vote. Did you double vote? I did not. Because I believe in the integrity of this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. 
We I have did not a very, commit voter pro, voter fraud. We have a oh. we have a did very. Did you mail demo- in your vote? <sighs> no, no, my vote is in person. In I'm in person. front of you. Good, good, good. Because I wouldn't mail in vote. I've heard yeah. bad things. Yes. yes. I saw uh, as a blues traveler voting representative. I signed off on John's. But what about you, Moody Blues representative? Well, actually, uh, nobody voted for Moody Blues, so it didn't <laughs> well, matter. Well, you did. You did. Well, yeah, but I'm not going to watch myself. Write you have my to vote watch. Down. You have to certify John's vote. All right. Write down your vote on the table. I'd like to see it. We have a very democratic podcast society here. Absolutely. If you want to have your voice heard, go over to... Uh, <laughs> Keep going. What's the name of that website? Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash record roundtable and give us your money because we're all about democratic societies and how votes are real. And if you give me monies, then I'll be very happy. Maybe I'll vote for you one day if you run for office or some other things. Or maybe, you know what? If you want to come onto the Patreon and you make some musical bits, we'll use your band in an episode. What? Oh, guaranteed. So come give us monies and we'll make sure to say things about you. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Let us know who you think is the good band. Follow us on our things. Thanks to John for being on the show. Next week, we're talking about Rascal Flatbush Zombies. Gonna be a good one. You guys will hate it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There's the honesty. Goodbye.